Blog Talk Radio. Party. 
Now, while I can tell you wholeheartedly that I believe democracy in this country is a sham, go back through the annals of history, you'll find out that it's just a mirage. We still have to talk about it nonetheless. It's no different than talking about racism. You know, this whole thing of racism myth, but racism is real. So while you're dealing with the reality of racism, you must deal with race. How much, how much of a facade it is. Facade it is. No different than dealing with paper dollars. Paper dollars are only backed by natural resources. The dollar itself without the resources mean nothing. Now, I need you to understand this because when we start talking about Michigan and, and going into what's going on here, I, I want you to see how not only is the water tainted, but the process, the elected process in Michigan and around the country is tainted. We can point to the Republican governor. We can point to the mayor of Flint, if you want. I don't think you can really blame her. You can point to the citizens, if you dare. The true finger should be also pointed at the DNC. Don't you think that that's a rallying cry all across the country? That's something that could have been used last midterm. You know, when you always hear the Democrats talk about black folks not going out to the polls and vote, somebody threw a statistic out and said that, um, I think it was in a Facebook group I was in, he put up an article, and in the article it said only, I think, 30 to 40 percent of the people inside of Detroit voted in the midterm. And I'm like, okay, well, here's a, you know, 30 to 40 percent of the people voted in the midterm. Is that the problem, or is the other problem is that the people aren't getting the information that's exciting them enough to get out to the polls? Are you telling them because that, that's the part that, that that's the part that the opposing party is supposed to play? The opposing party is supposed to tell you why they are good for you. They're supposed to tell you what the other party is supposedly doing to you. But when you see the opposing party being just as quiet when it comes to these kind of shams. That also makes them implicit in it as well. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about, awesome, you know, the late, great Francis Cress Welsing, the ISIS papers. I want to read some excerpts from it. I'm telling you, the ISIS papers is what it do. I um shocked, you know, uh, a couple of people online, you know, uh, Yvette Carnell, uh, you know, uh, what's the brother's name? Mark Lamont Hill, and just some of the things that, you know, was said after the sister died, you know, about how her and other black folks like her, we need them to die off just like how we need the white supremacists to die off because the ideology, or I shouldn't even say the ideology, it was the writings based off the ISIS papers and when she was saying that homosexuality is a tool for white supremacy, it's a way to break down the black male or break down the black family. And now so many of them, uh, so many of these people who had a problem with Dr. Francis Cress Wilson, uh, they never took this up with her as an issue when she was alive. Mark Lamont Hill has, uh, he, or he had a show on Huffington Post. I still think he has that show on there. 
he could always invite a Dr. Francis Cress Wilson on his show and debate those points. Now, I think she would have uh, handed him his uh, hat to him. You know, she would she would have definitely uh, took him to, to to task on some of these things. However, this is the new this is the new type of activism that's going on in this country. This is the new activism that's going on for African Americans. See, what we do is we debate and we fight everything that somebody else has studied, somebody else has spent their time, their life work, and it is all about well, what I think. Who the hell gives a damn about what you think? That's a part of a study. People go do studies based off spending time going beyond what they think. Okay, you may think one thing, but now you got to go out and get information that's going to support that. So we're going to talk about Dr. Francis, Dr. Francis Chris Welsing. I am going to also open up the lines for people. But we can talk about all kinds of stuff. I'm interested to talk about this Oscar thing. I saw um, Jada Pickett's uh, initial uh, uh, plea to people, you know, for the protest. And then I saw the uh, the the response uh, from uh, who's my man, Young Jeezy, as well as uh, uh, the sister who played Aunt Viv originally. Um, her calling out Will and Jada and saying that you know it's always an issue. And look, I, I will say this here: I say it all the time. You know, these things are issues. Everywhere, these, these, these are always issues. This is, you know, um, you know, I, I have no, you know, doubt in my mind that you know these folks could definitely have their minds and in and, and conversations on more things. They could be focusing on Flint, Michigan, but I, they could be focusing on uh, the, the countless amounts of black men being murdered around the country. Uh, they could also be focusing on how we don't have enough institutions. Yeah, Jada Pickett and Will Smith could probably uh, set up a you know a bunch of charter banks uh, or I should say uh, uh, credit unions to help out some of the uh, impoverished areas in the cities that they're from. But that's not it. They took a stance, and every time one of us take a stance, we don't need to be the ones shooting the hole in the stance. So if you want to talk about that, definitely give us a call, 347-826-9600. Once again, that's 347-826-9600. It was something else that I wanted to point out, too. Hmm. Man, there's just so much stuff going on on the net. Oh, next week we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to bring back up reparations. You know, it's amazing. I want to say this again. If you have been... Uh, listening to this show, the past three years we've been doing this show, a lot of the topics that are coming up in mainstream media now, we talked about at the beginning of the show, we talked about it two years ago, we talked about it last year, we've talked about these topics, we talked about reparations. Uh, so, you know, Brother Tahisi Coates, I'm with you, I, I'm, I'm definitely with you on uh, calling out Bernie Sanders as well as President Obama. I, I, here's the thing, man. We 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 really got to get serious as a people about us. It's not on us. Our sole responsibility is not worrying about how other people feel. I know people use that quote by Dr. King: "An injustice anywhere is an injustice everywhere." And, okay, 
context, please. I'm not for shutting down what black people need just so other people can feel comfortable in the room. If you're saying that you're a socialist, that's what your campaign is on. And you have a campaign that is unorthodox in a lot of way, a lot of ways. Why isn't the discussion of reparations, why isn't that on the table? And, and I, and I want to ask my listeners out there, let me know, you know how you feel, what do you think? Is it possible with, you know, what Bernie is uh, saying here, man, is it possible that he could go to a Native American? I shouldn't even say Native American. Let me let me rephrase that. Could he go to a uh, Mexican community and tell them that he's not going to focus on immigration? Now, before you bootlickers out there, who might pseudo listen to the show, get caught up in your feelings and say, why are you bringing up the immigration? I'm bringing that up because I'm saying right now in this country, we know that the immigration bill is something that uh, Mexican-Americans or the immigrants, Mexican immigrants, that's their thing. That's the one thing they know that, hey, this benefits us. You come talking to us about this, hey, it's not something that they, they, when they talk about immigration, they don't care if more Haitians come. That's not something that they that they care about. They're not thinking about more Haitians. They, 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 it's not whatsoever. They, they give two shits about if the Haitians are going to come or they, they don't care about none of that. That's not part of the reason why they talk about immigration. You know, So for me, I I just want to point that out, that it's important that if somebody's coming to your people talking about he needs your vote, we need to stop with all this vanilla stuff where what we get, everybody, you know, if you you give us this and it benefits everybody else, it's a win-win. No, no, no. When you go to a particular group, you need to go uh, saying that you're going to uh, bad gifts for that particular group. That's part of voting. You can't go to the seniors without talking about things for seniors. So these are some of the things we're going to talk about on the show today. I, I don't want to be all over the place. It was just so much stuff. I had uh, a couple of weeks off, a lot of things. But, yeah, I'll, I promise you, we're going to get into this. Let me get a quick break. We'll be back talking about the tainted water as well as the tainted democracy there inside of Michigan, my father's home state. All right, I'll be right back. Don't forget, girl, keep your head. And when he tells you you ain't nothing, don't believe. 
Cause sister, you don't need me. And I ain't trying to catch up, I just call them how I see. You know what makes me unhappy? When brothers make babies and leave a young mother to be a happy. And since we all came from a woman, got our name from a woman, and I came from a woman. I wonder why we take from my women, why we rape our women, do we hate our women? I think it's time to kill for our women, time to heal our women, be real to our women. And if we don't, we'll have a race of babies that will hate the ladies that make the baby. And since a man can't make one, he has no right to tell a woman when and where to create one. So will the real men get up? I know you're fed up, lady. But keep your head up. Even though the city 
switched back to its original supply in October 2015. The damaged pipes continue to contaminate the water, Weaver says. Flint residents don't know when the city's water will be safe to drink again, even though they're still paying for it. Weaver was not in office when this started. She was elected in November after vowing to address the city's water problem. As Michigan's radio Lindsay Smith reports, one of the first things she did was to declare an emergency in the city. Flint residents have consistently voiced frustration over the time it has taken for officials to acknowledge this crisis and respond to it. Flint is a majority black city, and 40% of people live below the poverty line. Weaver tells ARI, Ari, I'm sorry, that she thinks race and poverty had a lot to do with the response. I concur. On the governor, Rick Snyder, she said, I haven't seen what's in those emails, or his emails, but I will tell you this. It's something that he needed to do because one of the issues we've been dealing with is broken trust, and we've been kept in the dark regarding some information regarding our water. We've been given this information about the water, and the only way the governor can, if he can, rebuild trust is start doing that. So it's a start for him, I suppose. Now, <clears throat> that's NPR News. You can look that up. That's an article that was written uh, today. I, I just want to point out a couple of things that's wrong with this whole picture here in Michigan. The first thing is that when you hear that General Motors didn't even want to run its machine, it didn't want to connect it to its machines. And, you know, when, you know, uh, to me, it, it, it's one of those situations where I'm like, hey, if it's not good for the machines, it's not good for the people. And then you fast forward and you say, well, hey, well, look, <clears throat> residents knew something was wrong. And every time I see something, I think about how black people, when we always talk about, man, hey, look, I know something ain't right. Right? Because we say this a lot about a lot of things. African Americans, we kind of have like this sixth sense where we know like, hey, things aren't right. This doesn't sound right. This doesn't feel right. Hey, this water isn't right. How many do you t- how many times do you think that the citizens of Flint was told that no they were tripping? How many times do you think cuz you know how it goes out there? If you black, you 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 you've been going through this for quite some time. How many black folks do you think was telling them that oh man, they was embarking in conspiracy theories? How many I mean, think about this. Gee, man, this is, it is hard to wrap your head around when you think about this. When you, you don't even want this thing, the water attached to machinery. If it's not good enough to go into a plant, it is most certainly not good enough to go into somebody's home. That's the first thing. The second thing, an email. I wouldn't give a rat's ass what that governor promised. 
I wouldn't care what he what he's trying to make happen. I'm amazed that he's allowed to do all of this when they threw Kwame uh Patrick in jail right away. Pretty much you know, the, the nail in the coffin for uh Kwame Kapatrick is that he got caught cheating and lied about the cheating and then that's what led into finding out about the money. I'm sorry. I know a lot of you like tabloid gossip, but to me, as a parent, to me, as a husband, to me, as an individual who cares about the water I drink, part of the reason why I don't drink tap water from anywhere, is that I would care more about the water supply that's going into the the, the mouths and on the bodies of the citizens Versus who the mayor is fucking. Excuse my language. Excuse my French. I don't understand how in one breath this the same state that helped charge a man to spend 28 years for stealing money that really proved that he stole much money compared to 8,000 children. Let me say this one more time just in case you're at home looking at your kids, 8,000 children have now been confirmed to be poisoned with lead in Flint, Michigan. 8,000. 8,000. And just in case your math is a little bit fuzzy, I can help you out. It's only 8,000 kids in Flint to begin with. So that means that all the children in Flint, Michigan, their future, right, all the children in Flint, Michigan, now suffer from some type of lead poisoning. Hey, where's the democracy in that? Remember, the governor appointed a city manager. The people didn't vote for a city manager. Here's something from the New Yorker. In Flint, people feel a similar sense of injustice, although the political calls are different. Many blame Michigan's emergency manager law, which allows the state to hire managers who receive unusual broad powers to address communities in financial distress. In April 2014, city managers approved a switch of Flint's water source from Detroit <clears throat> to Flint River until a pipeline from Lake Heron was completed. Around town, the Flint River was best known as a graveyard for old refrigerators and grocery carts. Soon, local media was reporting on the complaints, but the state and the city assured people that the water was safe. Go ahead, drink the water. Go ahead, accept the Kool-Aid. It's safe. It won't hurt you. Governor was even quoted as saying, the governor was even quoted as saying, let me just say this one more time, the governor was quoted as saying, he would let his own kids drink the water 
and bathe in the water. I wonder, has anyone took him any water yet to drink and fulfill his promise? He want to earn trust? He should have to drink some of that water that's coming out of those pipes. You know, <clears throat> with his citizens. He want to earn trust. Now, this is why the democracy is tainted. Let me know <clears throat> when the, the last time you heard Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who is the head of the DNC, talking about city managers in Michigan. Was that a uh, was that a rallying cry to get the voters out in the midterm? When have you heard even President Obama? Talk about city managers inside the state of Michigan. I, you know what? Look, I'll go a step further because this this isn't new. Even under Obama, even under Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who, in my mind, she's doing an infect an ineffective job for the Democrat Party. But in the end, my friends, it's just like wrestling. They're all on the same team anyway. Nobody's really trying to beat anybody. Trust me. They're not. This is why every time the Democrats get a president in, they lose the House. This is why every time they get a president in, they take away more social services. (coughs) Go back. Look at the history of the country. Go back, look at the political history of the country. Most of the social services, service programs are stripped by Republicans when there is a Democratic or a Democrat in office as president. Look at the social programs that were stripped under Bill Clinton, welfare reform, all this foolishness. And while black folks were sipping the tea, because he played the saxophone, wore sunglasses, and got his little wank-wank sucked in the White House, like it's some kind of fetish or something. I don't know why people big up the guy on that. But because he got all this happening for him, that was supposed to make him black. I guess he liked fried chicken, too. I don't know. Because anything that we think white folks like what we do, we feel like they ain't. I, I just don't get it. But where's the cry at? Do you hear, <clears throat> even in this year's elections, you hear any of the candidates on the Democrat uh, side of the aisle talk about these city managers in Michigan? Have you? Is that going to be a rallying cry? I want you guys to look for this. I want you guys to listen to this. I, I've told people for a while, this democracy does not exist in this country. Remember, it's a republic to begin with. Just like you're getting tainted water in Michigan, just like these families are getting lead poison, it's the exact same thing happening with the democracy. Everything in this country is about capitalism, 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 and it's crony capitalism. It's oligarch being formed. Only a wealthy few is really enjoying it. And, and, and forget all these figureheads that people keep throwing out in front of you 
to make you feel good. Hey, I am happy that President Obama is president, but that doesn't change me having to figure out how to feed my children, put clothes on their back, keep a roof over their head, take my wife out when she needs to be taken out, and afford to get her a foot massage, uh, afford to be able to uh, even, you know, from time to time be nice and uh, at work, you know, spraying for some lunch for uh, my co-teacher, Miss Billy, if I have to. You know, it doesn't afford you to do any of these things. You can't even be kind. I can't even buy my best friend whose birthday is today. You, you can't even buy him a birthday gift. Can't. Shout out to Travis Smith, by the way, uh, one of my top five dead alive people. Today is his birthday. Uh, Travis is a, a big-time guest of the show, always on, always dropping knowledge. But my point to you is this. These feel-good Negroes and they, they they're not going to help you pay your rent. That 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 feel good don't help you pay your rent. That's not what democracy is supposed to be about. One man, one woman, one vote. That hasn't happened in this country in quite some time. And when you think that people in Michigan, <clears throat> when you think that the majority of the people in Michigan uh, are people who. Uh, want this Republican inside of office, and they voted for this guy. Man, you, you need to go and look and see what they did to uh, the to the voting polls and how people in these uh, predominant black areas had a hard time to even get them get get a chance to pull the lever. Had a hard cha- uh, time getting to the polls so they can vote, and then. If they did get to the polls and vote, if they did have a way, some of them because of the new voter ID laws that the Republicans had administered throughout the country, hey, this kept a lot of people from voting. This kept a lot of people from the poll. This is why the democracy is tainted. And I'm going to tell you, the Democrats are not fighting for you as hard as you are fighting for them. When you scream that Hillary shit, you scream that Obama shit, ask yourself, you common everyday person. I don't care if you're a woman. I don't care if you're black. You say, oh, well, I relate because I'm black, he's black, I'm a woman, she's a woman. What are they doing for you, really? What have they done? What have they done for the citizens in Flint? You heard anybody talk about uh, the attorney general is going to look into it, and we're going to see what the hell this governor know. And not only are we going to see what this governor know, we're also going to look and see if we can get charges pressed against this governor. Have you seen that? Have you heard that? Because that's what time it is. These are the things that people aren't talking about. These are not the discussions that we're having. These are the things that we, you got to focus in on this stuff. You got to. You also have to look at the point of uh, the city manager. Here's a person that's not elected for the by the people, but he's making decisions that are Damaging the people. Now, my father is from Benton Harbor, Michigan. I looked this up um, a few years ago. We talked about it on the show. We talked about the city managers. And, man, the city council had no control over the city. The mayor had no control over the city. This stuff was even affecting the schools. This was affecting the schools. These people's votes were pretty much shredded. Your, the votes didn't matter. Votes didn't matter one iota because the governor decided that he was going to strip these people of democracy. That's what happened. 
What you're seeing in Michigan is what happens when you strip people of democracy in the name of capitalism because they strip them of their vote because they say, oh, well, they're doing uh, – the cities are bankrupt. Man, look, the cities aren't bankrupt. What happens – this is what happens when you take towns and you prop these towns up on these corporations. When the corporations like GM decide to pull away from towns like Flint, they end up having these financial downturns. That's not because of democracy. And it does and if it is about democracy, it's not because of the current voting situation. So you can't punish the people and say, Well look, I know better I know this more than you. I know you voted for uh this person, but I'm your <laughs> governor. I know I'm in a, an opposing party. I know what's best for you. You're going to take this city manager, and you're going to suffer. And that's what happens. Three four seven eight two six ninety six hundred. Head us up if you got an idea uh, what's going on in Michigan, or if you got a comment that you want to make. I'm telling you, I've I've monitored this for a while, and this is uh, it's sad. It's, it's very sad. Is very depressing. Uh, like I said before, 8,000 children, that's all 8,000 children that live inside of Flint, Michigan, is now uh, suffering from some form of lead poisoning. And to that, I say, wow. We want to take a short break. We'll be right back. Fight the wall. It's gotta end. 
All right, I'm back. Let's straighten it out. <clears throat> so this segment, we're talking about Dr. Francis Cress Welsing and the ISIS papers. I, I just want to say this before I go into this uh, segment. And please excuse me, I, I got this cold, man, and it is beating me down. Man. Uh, you know, very few times in my life have I read books that has captivated me to the point where I had to buy the book two, three, four times. And ISIS Papers is one of those books. It's, it's a must-have. It's almost like a Bible on racism, if you will. You know, you, you really have to get the sister's works and understand her brilliance. <clears throat> and it's people like Dr. Francis Cress Wilson and Dr. Joy DeGroy, who, for me, who I feel they are uh, a godsend, if you will. Her works, you know, just the research, you know, the practice. She wrote some strong pieces and an attempt, in my mind, to liberate us all of this thing called white supremacy. She passed away at the age of 80. Um, she was a Howard University graduate in 1970. She wrote an essay, the, the Crest Theory of Color Confrontation and Racism slash White Supremacy. She wrote, the quality of whiteness is a genetic inadequacy of a relative deficiency of disease based upon the inability to produce the skin pigments of melanin, which are responsible for all skin color. The majority of the world's people are not so afflicted, suggesting that the state of color is the norm of human beings, and its absence is abnormal. Now, I don't know if you ever read the book, but just that bit alone for me when I first picked up the book, or before I read the book, and you know, and and just stuff like that, you know, it was statements like that that was made, and she broke down a lot of <clears throat> things to let you, you know, see what racism slash white supremacy is all about. Every time I've heard her speak. Even in her books, <clears throat> she made a point to let you know that she doesn't believe in hating white folks. She doesn't believe in hating gays either. She just wanted to state where she saw the problem, her own theory, you know, she stated what, what her theory is, and let you go from there. Her goal wasn't to have you go out and kill anyone as any educator would do. She wanted to educate you on the problem. She also 
was a doctor, Dr. Francis Cress Wilson. When you go to a doctor and a doctor diagnose you with a ailment, the doctor is not really looking to make you feel good when they're telling you about the ailment. The ailment is the ailment. That ailment has nothing to do with, hey, you <laughs> you got uh, cancer, but uh, here's a Snickers. You're hungry? That, that's not how that goes. It, you, you don't try to sugarcoat. A good doctor's not going to try to sugarcoat it. And what she was trying to do and what she did for people like myself is open our eyes to, to, to systematic racism, how we see ourselves, how we see even each other, and how we're affected by racism, how we see even the games that we play. You know, why do we play pool, and why is it in pool that it's all these color balls and the, and the one ball that's knocking the ball in is the white cue ball? And in order for that ball to win after it has knocked all the other balls off the table into the off the green uh landscape into these dark pockets or into the grave, the last ball has to be the black eight ball and if you know anything about eight, shout out to Travis Smith once again, that's his favorite number you know that that's the sign of infinity. And, you know, we're the infinite folks. We've been here since the beginning. So, you know, that's the way to end the game. You have to end the game with knocking us off, us off last. Now, she she broke that down. She she broke down how it's pretty much not about love-hate. It's about genetic survival. That's the main, you know, why she broke down the ISIS paper. She broke down how racism is about genetic survival. It's a subconscious genetic survival for whites. Uh, she talked about how most of the weapons of mass destruction that are created by the white man, from cigarettes all the way to missiles, are made in the shape of a phallus or a penis. Very, very heavy and deep stuff. If people are willing to read. But what we saw after she passed away was a critique of her work a heavy critique of a lot of bold bold foolishness in my opinion it's always sad to me when we are as a people you know just in my opinion we we do this attack thing and we don't seem to want to give respect to those of us excuse me we don't want to give respect to those of us who've done research and we have to even myself I have to learn that you know hey give people let let a person finish their statement and you know we ain't got even if I disagree I should be able to, to discuss these things on the merit. I don't understand how we got some black, New Jack, milk toast, boot licking, ass kissing sellouts out here talking about she's just as bad as some of the white supremacists. 
Now, while I love the ISIS papers, this uh, work hasn't been turned into any doctrine by the federal government. This work has not made anything um, that the federal government do more understanding of African Americans, more lean on African Americans, none, none of the above. As a matter of fact, I would tell you that there's been more doctrines by white folks written that has been more uh, pointed towards white supremacy that has been accepted by the federal government until this day, still going on, uh, the rise of the super predator, these things. And they had no fact, no merit. Matter of fact, didn't even have much of any studies. And they were trumped up, put on display, uh, took the Congress, and became a part of the law. If you don't believe me, look at some of these three-strike laws. Look at some of these juveniles who started being able to be charged as adults. These are some of these studies that are written by white men, few by white women. So when we take one of our own scholars and we say, well, man, we need people like her to die off, or this thinking to die off, excuse me, what thinking? Now, Brother Lamont, Mark Lamont Hill, back to you. Because I know, I ain't trying to get meek milled out here. I thought a couple of, maybe six months ago, maybe a year, I, I said Brother Mark Lamont Hill and uh, Brother Ivory Tosin, they're the next ones up. In my mind, they were the next ones up. And when I say next ones up, they were the next new wave of black leadership that was going to come. They were going to be unapologetic, and they were going to be doing the people's work. That's what I believed at that time. After seeing what he did in the, the wake of Sister's death, Uh, my thing is, how is it possible, you know, this is just my opinion, that a young man as smart as that brother criticized that sister that way after he reminded folks that she reminded him of his youth. And I don't know brother sexuality, but when we go to this point where she's against homosexuality, that's not what she said. She said that homosexuality is a tool being used by the federal government, the infantilization of black men, to break up the homes. Well, when you're talking about genetic annihilation and you're worried about it, let's keep it one million. The last thing that this country has ever wanted, and let's take it back to eugenics, and everything else, is they didn't want us overpopulating. And while many African-Americans think it's about whether you are married or not, they don't want us populating even if we're married. They don't. They do not. They don't want us populating even if we're in stable homes. I've seen who are stable, 
pretty good jobs. If the woman has too many children, oh, man, it's almost <clears throat> she gets looked down upon. She got all those babies. What's she going to do, sit in the house? I don't want all those babies. That's the trend. How can you love all those kids? How could you give them all the affection? Man, when I hear some of the stuff that we say, I know it works. So when you start talking about homosexuality and you start talking about which black male do they prefer, well, for one, let's keep it one million. Uh, Brother, I keep saying keep it one million. You know, I stay on one million. I need to stop saying that. Uh, Brother, uh, what's that brother's name? I, I was about to say his name, too. George Washington Carver. The adopted white family cut off his testicles because they were scared that he was going to do something to their daughter. I'm going to say that one more time. George Washington Carver, the adopted white family, cut off his testicles because they were scared that he was going to do something to their daughter. During the age of lynchings, hangings, the main thing they attacked were black men's penis. This ain't nothing that I'm making up. You can look this stuff up. So the idea or the threat of reproduction by us has always been something that's on their mind. It's always been something that they've worried about. So when she says that homosexuality is a way for them to break down black men, if you don't believe that that's not true, that I don't know what you're paying attention to. I don't know why so many of us have an issue of seeing what's going on when it's going on. It's almost like we have to wait till the book closes in order in order for us to get it. Just like the people in Flint who was telling these scoundrels that the water was too harsh that it wasn't right in 2014. See, when you're living amongst it and you're telling these people, including your own people, what's going on, people think you're crazy. The doctor was correct. Go to Atlanta. Talk to some of those black women down in Atlanta. Just talk. You know what? Talk to 10 black women in Atlanta and see why they're so worried about their futures in Atlanta. Because the women will tell you. You know, they don't know what kind of men they're dealing with in Atlanta because most of those educated brothers down there are gay. That's fact. No, 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 they're not putting that on TV, right? They're not putting on their t- They're not putting that on mainstream TV. That's not on CBS. That's not on ABC. That's not on NBC. That's not even on Fox most time unless you're watching Empire. And we can talk about that on a later date. But homosexuality has broken up the black home. 
also makes the women lose confidence in black men. And if your woman don't have confidence in you, they'll go find another group of men to have confidence in. Asians aren't worried about uh, 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 Asians aren't worried about uh, abundance of Asian men being gay. Latinos are not worried about an abundance of Latin men being gay. Okay. White women aren't really worried about white men being gay in that point. But go talk to black women who are single and ask them what is one of the things that they fear most. Now, this has nothing to do with black folks wanting to be gay. We got a lot of problems going on in our communities or former communities that we need to address. So when I see Brother Mark Lamont Hill criticize Sister, and I know it was a few other people, but I'm calling him out because he has the biggest name of them all. I think that that's sad. I think it's trifling. I know a lot of brothers and sisters called him out. I know Brother um, Tariq Nasheed called him out. I, You know, I, I just think it's we're in a sad place right now because when our intellects want to be a part of the establishment, that lets you know that nobody's taking talking truth to power. You know, people talk about capitalism as the issue. The problem is capitalism. Yeah, the problem is capitalism, but also, listen, man, you, you got to get on this black nationalism here because that's where it's at. And when I hear folks talking about all the hotep types, I'm like, oh, really? So you have a problem with, 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 with black nationalists. That's an issue. But then when when it's time to talk smart, then you want to start quoting Garvey. Then you want to start quoting Malcolm. Then you want to start quoting the other pe- the other nationalists. Because as far as I'm concerned, hell, you can have Obama. Hell, you can have Jesse Jackson. You can have Al Sharpton. You can have uh, Quan- uh what's that what's that jackass out inside of uh, Massachusetts? You can have him. You can have Cory Booker. You can have uh, what's that that other sellout? Um, Congressman Ford, y- y'all can have all of them. Y'all can have all of those milk toast. I want to fit in. I want to be a part of. Uh, I want to be a part of the establishment. Y'all can keep all of them. If that's what you want, if your goal as a black man is to just fit in, fine. All we ask you to do is just stay the hell out of our way, Stacy Dash. We don't care that <clears throat> that's what you want to do, brother Mark. <clears throat> that's what you want to do, brother. I don't understand how you could, in one breath, give a R.I.P. to the sister, and then in turn, give a backhand. I just don't get it. This is some of the things that she thought about in feminization as an oppression. A major tool of those who subscribe to white supremacy, according to Welsing, is the perpetuation perp- of black male passivity through encouraging effeminization, bisexuality, and homosexuality. Wilson believes this is a problem of epidemic proportion amongst black people in the U.S. Homophobia in communities of color is rampant to the 10th power of the white mainstream. Why? Because the struggle for human rights against white supremacy has been disproportionately explained as the need to achieve manhood rights. From the period of 
the slave trade to the present. Wilson believes homosexual patterns of behavior are simply expressions of male self-submission to other males in the area of sex as well in other areas, economics, education, entertainment, labor, law, politics, religion, and war. Oppression is defined as forced submission, homosexually as a sign of weakness. Now, I'm, I, I just want to just rest it on that because a lot of it, it is about lifestyle. It is about choice. It is about submission. In our community, you know, I know people say, well, I don't want to use the word fag. Well, in our community, there's another word people use a lot. It's punk. And normally in gay relationships or homosexual relationships, however you want to say it, I'm not too um, politically savvy in what the LGBT is doing. But in those, in that community, uh, the punk is normally the male in the relationship who is acting more feminine than the other gay partner. That's the punk. Well, man, in our community, from the time I was a kid, man, we, we were told, don't be no punk. Don't be no punk. Now, we talk about not being a punk, man. You talk about not being a punk on a couple of things. Nobody going to punk you for your fool. <laughs> Nobody going to punk you out of your money. Nobody's going to punk you out your manhood. Nobody's going to punk you out your woman. Nobody's going to punk you out your car. But that's the thing that I see brothers in my community or I should say my former community, because we don't have communities anymore, are dying from. And dying for, I'm sorry. Nobody wants to be a punk. Nobody wants to be submissive. Nobody wants to bow down to this thing. Um, <clears throat> I'm always amazed, uh, whether it's Serena uh, Williams or whomever, how black women have been made into this... Um, it, it, almost like this uncontrolled, like they're almost portrayed one minute as manly, but then in the next minute as these sexual deviants. And then the black male is also portrayed as being overly aggressive, but then in the next sentence we're being portrayed as being feminine. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. <clears throat> But if you want to confuse our sexuality and have us confused with one another and have us fighting amongst each other and having us turning to you for these things, whether it's hetero or homosexual relationships, having you help us figure it out, then that's part of the reason. And she was spot on. She was spot on. So to Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, I want to tell you to rest in paradise, sister. I am happy that I've ran across your work at Yuhuru Bookstore with the late brother Ashanti. Um, that brother suggested that book to me, him and uh, Travis. And uh, I, I just want to just tell anyone out there that's listening to the show tonight, check the book out. Get the book. If you've never read it, get this book. I, I got the book, and I read the book in, I want to say, three days. That that book is, is that good. 
that good. Three days. I'll be back. I'm taking a break, and when we come back, we're going to take our final segment, and we're going to be talking about the Oscars. I'll be back. Enough is enough. They feel like uh, 
Hollywood is going in the wrong direction. Um, I've known they got a lot of uh, a lot of pushback, a lot of pushback from artists like Young Jeezy um, to uh, what's brother's name, D.L. Hughley, to the real Aunt Biv, uh stating that hey, if Will was winning, she said, you know, if Will would have won, oh, Will would have been nominated, wouldn't have been an issue, you know. And there's a lot more things going on around the country. Uh, from you know, black men being gunned down, black boys being gunned down, black girls being gunned down. Uh, it's all kinds of stuff going on around this country, and we shouldn't be focused on the Oscars or no millionaire actors. Uh, some people have called on Chris Rock to boycott it. Uh, you had Russell Simmons and Whoopi Goldberg who said, "No, no, no, Chris needs to uh, stick in the Oscars." Some people are saying that, "Hey, if you boycott the Oscars and you're black, you're pretty much hurting uh, Chris Rock because he never would have got the shot." This is what I got to say to all this, and this is my last segment, so I really can just say say it. <clears throat> Jada Pickett said that she wasn't rolling with it. This is how I was raised. And and I'm starting to see that, you know, that way is falling to the wayside. <clears throat> it used to be a time not too long ago where if a black person had an issue with something and they called it out, we would all ride. Somehow, some way that has changed. Some people say it's because of reasoning. I think it's because of a collective mood to become cowards. Tell you why. Just one moment. Man, I'm telling you, this code is beating me up here. I think it's cowardice that we, as a people, find all kinds of excuses to take a seat. Now, should we be standing up for what's going on in Flint? Yes. Should we be standing up for the Tamir Rices? Yes. But can we also say F Hollywood too at the same time? Yes. <clears throat> it amazes me on how we have these groups and these pockets of people who believe that we can only focus on one thing at one time. They make us out to be these simple-minded people. We're not that simple-minded. As a matter of fact, I say we should be able to fight many fronts at one time with over 24 million of us in this country. Everybody doesn't need to focus in on the same fight. Now, somebody stated in a conversation that I had face-to-face, they were, well, why do they care about those award shows anyway? And my response to that person was, hey, if you're in the military, you're in the military, and you're fighting in a war. You get wounded. Of course, you want to get your benefits. You might come back home, tell people all the story. When you tell people all the story, folks might be saying, man, you know what? Man, at the end of the day, uh, you don't get this purple heart. Now everybody in your your house, they they oh man, you you did a good job, you fought a good fight, you, you're a brave soldier. But the military told you, no, you ain't getting no Purple Heart. Yeah, you might have saved some civilians, you might have saved a couple of uh, fellow uh, soldiers, but man, you ain't getting no Purple Heart. 
Aren't you going to stand up and want that? That's the profession that you're in. You're going to want the recognition from your peers. I don't care if they're black, white, purple, yellow, or what have you. You're going to want to, you're going to want that recognition. That is the profession that they're in. They should want to get the recognition from the Oscars. People say, well, what about the BET Awards? Stacey Dash, you dumb fool. BET is owned by Viacom. The same people that own BET owns MTV and VH1, idiot. So that's not a black award show. As a matter of fact, it's just as much corporate and white. I don't care about the black faces that you see in the audience as the Oscars. Now let me go back to Russell and Whoopi. Whoopi's one of those black folks who you have to question. She doesn't believe she's African-American because her family was born in America. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're Whoopi Goldberg. You got a Jewish. We talked about this the last Rand Radio. Who the hell is this fool? So you take on a Jewish name, but you're not African-American. But at the same time, we're supposed to... Anytime you, you, you run across a black person who tells you that they're not African, don't listen to shit they got to say. That person is void of common sense. I'm not going to say everything that they say is going to be asinine because they might have that 5 to 10% times that they will say some stuff that might be a little bit deep. Even a weed head, uh, a meth head, a crackhead can get deep at times. But if you are a betting man or a betting woman, do not bet that that person that you're talking to is telling you some things that's going to stick to the ribs or to the brain. You're better off going the other direction. Like I stated before, this is the same Whoopi who married Ted Danza dancing when he got on the stage in the black paint. She says some cool stuff on The View from time to time, but a lot of times she say it's foolish along with that peacock sitting two seats from her, Raven Simone. This is the type of black, these are the new black people, the new face of black America that is atrocious. These people are pitiful. These people, let let, let me tell you something. When your grandmother and mother is telling you that they don't want certain things, and then people, you you think you've come of the way of the world, and you say, oh, man, those old people don't know what they're talking about. Oh, Frances Crescent Wilson, she, she doesn't know what she's talking about. It's the reason why black people are against certain things. And, uh, you know, hey, shout out to James Baldwin, the late, great James Baldwin, uh, homosexual, African-American man, very good, uh, very intelligent brother, wrote some great works. Shout out to him. They don't make too many gay black folk like that anymore. James' focus was black liberation. His sexual lifestyle wasn't none of your business. Yeah, he wrote about it, but that wasn't his crusade. His crusade was his people being free. When you start making, you know, I'm for black women getting their propers. This has nothing to do with me as a black male. This ain't a man thing. I'm not teaming up with no white man over no black woman. I'm not teaming up with no white man over no Mexican woman or no Mexican man. You you have to start doing things in ways to make you the common sense route. 
We're on this chessboard, and the pieces just ain't working together. The pieces are not working together. <clears throat> and <clears throat> part of it is because of these famous people that Hollywood keeps throwing out in front of us who bow down and kiss ass for a paycheck. Now, I saw something where the Wayne brothers were talking, and, 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 and you, you guys know if you listen to the show, uh, my feelings on um, the comedy and what comedy did to African Americans in the 90s and what it does, it's still doing to this day. Uh, me and my wife had a great conversation this morning about uh, Kevin Hart and the movie Go Hard. And, you know, like I was breaking down to her. I said, you know, at the end of the day, this brother, he, he, he does these, uh, these, these movies. <clears throat> he comes off and, and, and uh, get hard as he's perpet- you know, he's going to teach this white guy how to survive in prison. A lot, of, a lot of homosexual humor, a lot of things that really isn't funny. When you go and you catch other black comedians, known comedians talking about Kevin Hart, the first thing they'll tell you, he's not funny. To a man, they all say, oh, no, he's not funny. He's a good guy. He's a nice guy, but he's not funny. No, he's not funny. What Kevin does is he portrays black men the way that white folks want to see us portrayed. So it's okay if you laugh at that because sooner or later, see, that's how they get you. It's all through humor. It's all through humor. Trust me, you want to study Hellenistic. Most of the things that were delivered in Hellenistic culture were deal through uh, tragedy and comedy. Comedy puts you at ease. It changes the mind while you joke, while you laugh. The stuff that you he he ha ha to. This is what's amazing is people will boycott rappers, right? But as soon as Chris Rock told you it's black people and his niggas, y'all y'all ate it up, and that's what they that's what they wanted y'all to do, because it's more divisiveness. We talk about rappers and people are like, oh well, this rap he he says nigga too much. How many comedians say nigga? There's, there never seemed to be a problem with a comedian getting on stage saying the word nigga, but if you rap and you say it in your music, you better not say it. Now, I'm not trying to have that conversation or that battle or that debate, but my point to you is this. These entertainers that they trot out in front of us, these bootlickers, these ass-kissers, these milk-toast individuals, for a dollar, they have no shame. They have no shame. They have zero, zilch, Russell Simmons, front man to most white businesses. He brings you the things that exploit you in your community. So, of course, he's going to tell you, man, you better support them Oscars. My white bosses is going to be there. Yeah, he's going to come off and talk to you like he the boss of all. He ain't boss nothing. Go back and check out the history of Def Jam. See, this is the, the the issue that we have. So when sister stands up and she says, let's boycott, we're supposed to roll with that. we got to start showing solidarity on the small things. Then that rolls up to the big things. Stop trying to be intellectual all the time. Some things don't require intellect. You see a man slapping your mama, are you going to walk up and try to get the intellectual conversation or are you going to start bombing? I don't watch the Oscars. But if I did, it wouldn't be too hard for me to stop watching. My man Don Cheadle had a show, House of Lies, on Showtime, one of my favorite shows. I saw that dude as a comedy sketch in the, in, in the show. 
give uh, Matt Damon a hand job. That was the last time I watched it. Haven't watched the show since. I like Don Cheadle. But I couldn't believe that he stooped to that low in the show. So I stopped watching it. Cut it off. Like, no, I haven't watched it since. I liked it. I liked the character of Marty. Thought Marty was pretty funny. But I wasn't willing to stoop that low to support Don Cheadle. He was one of my favorite, and still is one of my favorite actors. I just couldn't support that show. I couldn't support him doing that. I just couldn't. And we have to start being this way across the board. Uh, word to my man, the late, great Dale Jones, by the way, Culture Bandits 1 and 2. you got to check this Culture Bandits joint out because he talks about this in Culture Bandits on how we've had these black entertainers uh, who come to us, and, yeah, they're black, and they, they, they got the suffering and they got the pain just like you and I, man, but they're bucking for a dollar. They're selling out the culture for the dollar. And every time you feel like they're getting deep and they feel like you, you feel like they understand you, man, it comes a time where it's time to draw that line and they show you they're for the other side. Marlon Wayans, I could give a shit what Marlon Wayans got to say. This is the same clown that brought you white girls. Not to mention, don't be a menace in South Central while drinking your juice when black folks was at the time. Uh, talking about black unity, black nationalism was some of the talk that was going on around the country. And these fools put you put out a movie with a white woman calling her their Nubian princess. They've tried to make a mockery of us at every turn for a dollar. I don't care if they look like you or not. The same people that look like you make, uh, what's that website? World Star. That's a brother. You think he cares about what's happening to black kids, black men, women around the country getting beat up on camera? He don't care. Let his advertisers keep writing checks. Way before it was a white devil, it was a black devil. Way before it was a white devil, it was a black devil. And we still got black devils to this day willing to do anything for a check. So when Will does the movie Concussion, N.W.A. does a great movie straight out of Compton. Uh, another great movie. Creed was a great movie. We had movies where we could have got someone in there. And, and, and let me say this, too. Let me say this. I don't know what the criteria for Oscar is. But I know it's some shitty movies that get Oscars. I know it's some terrible movies that get Oscars. They give tokens any other time. I know Monique got a Oscar for Precious. I know Creed was worthy of an Oscar. If Denzel got an Oscar for Training Day, I know N.W.A. Uh, you know, straight out of Compton, those actors. Could have got something for something. Even if it was for the soundtrack. If Juicy J. And them got. A Oscar. For it's hard out here for a pimp. You telling me straight out of Compton. Couldn't have got one. Well what's going on in this country right now. 
I'm talking about just the soundtrack. So these are the things that we have to really like look at, and, 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 and hey, it's okay if we question. It's okay if we boycott. Listen, the Sony execs said last year when they got caught with the hacking thing what they thought about us in Hollywood. So why is it wrong for us to say, man, we're not fooling with them? And why, when we do start saying we ain't fooling with them, why we got so many black folks who are out trying to prove a point on how the people who want to say boycott it is wrong? Man, Jeezy, you my guy. I like Jeezy. One of my favorite. I'm in my King Julian mode right now. My my class, I haven't watched King Julian every day. But I like young Jeezy. I like him as an artist. But, brother, it, instead of telling her what she should be doing for Flint, where is that charity concert that you can do to help some of these families out in Flint, get the hell out of Flint, and find some work in the house? Where is that concert at? See, that that's... When you start telling other people what they should be talking about and what they should be focusing on, now you got to show and prove. You got to show and prove. It ain't on Will and Jada to show and prove. You got to show and prove. Is Aunt Viv, I haven't heard her say, have you heard her say anything about Trayvon Martin? What was her video there? Huh? You hear her say anything about the situation with uh, the Quan Flowers in, in, in Chicago? What was her video there? You got to start questioning these people because it's cool because we like gossip and we like drama. We like the back and forth. We want to see what people are going to say, what people are going to do. We accept stuff like this. We accept this foolishness. So to me, I want to tell you, if you're one of my listeners, man, hey, boycott the damn Oscars. The hell with the Oscars. You can boycott the Grammys. Go, go. I don't give a damn if Kendrick Lamar is singing with Adele. I don't care. I don't care. The war shows have never been righteous for us in the first place. They steal our music. They steal our culture. They make their money. And we still don't even get the awards for it. I don't want to go see. Listen, I, I like the Adele tracks. But Fantasia could have sung that same damn song. I'm pretty sure it's somebody who looked like one of us who wrote the damn song. Tyrese and his song, Shane, how many Grammys you think that's going to win? But if Justin Timberlake sung the song, oh, it'd be a hit. This is why Frances Cress Wilson was sent to us. This is why her writings are so important. This is why you must go out and buy you a copy of the ISIS papers to understand white supremacy and black inferiority. The responses that I heard to Jada was black inferiority. Some of us are scared to sprint talk truth to power. We're just scared to. We are. I'm not saying that her and Will are right. Have you seen some of the things that their children have put on? My goodness. You wouldn't catch, you won't catch none of the buried children with that junk on as long as I'm living. However, on this we can take a stand. And we can ride out with them on this. And anybody else who's gonna bring our attention to anything that's unjust for us. 
How come we can't focus on injustice for us, but we're so quick to rally around other people's injustice? All these white, blue, and red merged photos on Facebook for France. France ain't said a damn word about Flint, Michigan, or what's going on in here with all these black boys being gunned down. They don't give a damn. Because to them, they don't care about the black folks they got in their own country. But yet, you want to rally around them. You want to bring Jesus and Martin Luther King in the same breath. Don't be a damn fool. You ever heard in the Bible where they were talking about what the Native Americans was doing? Huh. Let's stop being so foolish and so naive. Stand with Jada. Don't listen to Russell. Don't listen to Whoopi. Definitely don't listen to that jackass Marlon. And, oh, please don't listen to uh, Stacey Dash. We, I think we talked about Stacey Dash on here once before. You know, the Stacey Dash who, who admitted that every white male that she's ever married or been in a relationship with, she slept with on the first day because she didn't see herself as worthy of, you know, being with this white man. That's Stacey Dash. Yeah, that's Stacey Dash. Stacey Dash ain't got no business talking about black folks, war shows, anything else. Matter of fact, what she need to do is some of that money that she's getting for being a token Negro on TV, she need to drop that in the bucket for the United Negro College Fund. She need to. Because if it wasn't for so many black folks who had common sense, her stupid ass wouldn't be on TV being able to give the counter-argument with that foolish rhetoric. And with that, that's our show for the week. Next week, we'll be back on. Man, you know, next week is going to be a bond burner. I promise you I'll be back on next week. It's been kind of rough around here, man. I've been going through some pains, man, as far as education and uh, timing and illness. But this is my last winter in the frozen tundra. So next year, Rant Radio folks will be broadcasting to you uh, live from the new Black Wall Street. So I am excited about that every uh, day that uh, goes close, come closer to me moving. I'm so excited. Uh, but once again, I want to say I shout out my brother Travis Smith. Today is his birthday. Uh, make sure you support the Smiths. Man, boycott the Oscars. Get yourself a copy of the ISIS papers. And keep an eye out on this thing in Michigan. Ask yourself, why haven't the Democrats been raising the stink about this thing, the city manager, the whole time? Oh, you know what? Before I go, i got to drop this. Answer to it. The city manager started with the control board in Washington, D.C. when they stripped Marion Barry of all of his elected rights as a, a Democratic elected mayor in D.C. They came up with a control board there. Now, remember, D.C. doesn't have a governor, so you need to go back and study who came up with the control board to strip Marion Barry and the city council of their rights to maintain D.C. I think um, all Marion Barry at the end was in control of uh, I don't even think he was in control of parking wrecks. I think the only thing he was in control of was like ceremonial stuff. Had no control over nothing. That's why the Democrats ain't said nothing. But don't believe me. You go back, you do your research. 
and you ask your go if you a Obama fan and you you hang on every speech that he gives, ask you know look for the speech where he talked about these city managers. Look for the speech where he talked about democracy being stripped away from the people in Detroit. So you you don't have to speak in general terms where you can point to what's going on. We talked about this three years ago about the city managers inside of that. So that's how we know. We talked about it last year about the citizens in Detroit not being able to have water. That's how we know. So these ain't things that you have to talk general about. If you're paying attention. And these are elected officials that get paid to pay attention on your behalf. They would have been talking about these things. And since they haven't, this should let you know why democracy is tainted. There is not two different sides. It's not the Republicans versus the Democrats. It's the politicians versus the populace. And with that, that's Rand Radio for the week. Y'all be easy, be cool, and if you live in this igloo, be warm. Peace.